What's up? This is the JJN Show with Josh, with Jacob, with Nick. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the JJN Show. This week, I sat down with the one and only Neil Bakta, and I'm super, super excited to release this episode. It was a pretty eye-opening experience for me, and I'm hoping that it will educate anyone listening to this, whether that is in high school, college, post-college, doesn't matter who you are. I think this is going to be very helpful. We talk about Neil's upbringing, where he's from, and the uniqueness that was his early life, how he got to the college he's at, what he's done in college, the fact that he is now the student body president at the University of Minnesota Duluth, and how he manages his time with all the stuff that's on his plate. And not only that, but we talk about things ranging from what the ideal work schedule would look look like for our generation, and how you should go about or can go about your day to fully get the most of it and be as productive as possible. And I'm also very excited about the fact that we talked about some of what's going on in the world with racial inequality. And we touched on the fact that myself, Josh, and Nick are all white, privileged males. And essentially how we can better educate ourselves and work to create safer environments and a better community to just come together as one and properly utilize that white privilege, like I said, to enhance those environments, speak up in situations when we need to speak up in, and ultimately fight the fight against racism in the world. So, like I said, I'm really, really pumped to release this episode. Neil's a great guy, and I'm really looking forward to having him on again, hopefully someday. That being said, enjoy the pod. Dude, I'm so pumped to finally get you on the pod, bro. I've been trying to do this. Like, literally when we talked about doing interviews, my brothers and I, like, months ago, like, December, I was like, Neil, top of my list. Been hitting you up. You're a busy guy. So I don't know what the deal is, but if you're just trying to knock it on this show or what, but I'm excited to finally have you here. And I think the fact that you're willing to talk to me on an, at 9 p.m. on a Monday night shows <laughs> you're pretty motivated to do it. So right there. I don't know a lot about your background. Like, I don't know where you're from or literally anything. So can we just start there? You want to give me a rundown of where you're from, you know, high school and how you got to the college you're at, what college you're at, just like a little background information. Yeah, for sure. First, I just want to say, I appreciate you guys thinking about me and, you know, nine months later, but I'm finally here. (laughs) But yeah, so obviously my name is Neil Bakta, going to be a senior at UMD, but how I got here is quite a long story. So I'll just go right into it, all right? Heck yeah. Let's do it. So my parents immigrated to America in 94, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds about right. So my mom came straight from India to the U.S. legally. So they did all the paperwork and stuff, and they finally got here legally. My dad, on the other hand, 
he went to Trinidad and Tobago because we had family there already. And it was easier to immigrate from there to the U.S. illegally. So he came over to the U.S. illegally. My parents met around three years later. The families really liked each other, so they got married. And they were in Atlanta, I want to say. And the year I was born, they moved to Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So I was born in Arkansas. I want to say up to third grade there. Did like the first two weeks of third grade in Arkansas. But then in Arkansas, you know, we had my mom's sister and my mom's brother. So my first cousins, my aunts and uncles were all in Arkansas. But they moved the summer before I started third grade. They moved to Minnesota and uh, we had just, I had just grown up around them so much. My family, my parents were used to being around them that we were like, yeah, we're going to have to make our way to Minnesota. And it happened where my parents like found a job and stuff, but they weren't going to be able to get up till November. And they didn't want me to switch schools in November. So after a month of third grade in Arkansas, I moved up to St. Paul with my aunt and uncle and my cousins did start school there. Then fourth grade. Yeah, this is where it gets confusing. Fourth grade, I went to Cato. So my, my family moved there, my mom and dad. So I was in Cato for fourth grade, but their job was a little unstable there. So fifth grade, I went back to St. Paul with my aunt and uncle. And then sixth grade, back to Cato. And then seventh grade, I moved to Shakopee. And I ended up finishing school in Shakopee, but there were still a lot of moves surrounding the time I was in Shakopee. So seventh grade to end of 11th grade, I was in Shakopee. We had our place there, you know, everything's going well. But then the place we were living, like the place we were working got sold. So we moved to St. Louis Park. So first half of my senior year and the hotel we worked at there was already sold at the time. But all the legal negotiations weren't going to be done till I graduated high school. So, like, I was still going to have to drive those 20, 25 minutes every day, but it was worth it. So, you know, do the first half of senior year driving back and forth. It gets boring, but it's what, what I had to do. And then come back home from, like, the end of my first half of senior year. Winter break's coming. I'm excited, you know. Finally get to spend time with family, friends without – having to worry about school. My mom and dad sent me down when I get home and they're like, yeah, so all the legal stuff that was going to be taking a while got done and we need to move out within the next two weeks. And my parents didn't have a job lined up. So back to St. Paul with my uncle and aunt. And, you know, my parents are actively looking for a job, but they can't find one. And they eventually find one in Kansas. So my parents moved to Kansas and I stay with my uncle and aunt. So the second half of my senior year, I'm driving from St. Paul. And like my my uncle and aunt's place in St. Paul is by the Minneapolis International Airport. So it's quite a distance to Shakopee. So my second half of the sen- of senior year, I'm driving from St. Paul to Shakopee every day. And then like, you know, all the stress of moving and stuff like, and like growing up, I never thought college was for me. Like money's always been a struggle in my family still continues to be so I never thought college would be something I could do didn't really apply 
didn't really care, you know, but then I was like, you know what, I might as well throw in some applications. I'm not really sure how grants and stuff work, but if they work well enough, I'll still be able to get an education, you know? So I actually applied to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities because that, that was my goal, you know, go to the, yep. go to the U, you know, families all around the U. You know, it's not a two-hour drive to see your closest relatives. Yeah. And I actually got waitlisted there. And I so I ended up using the University of Minnesota's Share My App program. I just shared my app with Duluth. You know, whatever happens, happens. Duluth ends up accepting me, but I don't take the offer. I'm waiting to get off the waitlist. Then it comes to, like, last month of high school. I finally get the rejection from the Twin Cities. So I'm like, all right, Duluth, here we come. But like my intention was always do a semester in Duluth and then transfer to the Twin Cities. So the fact that I'm still here, like it still shocks me to this day sometimes, but like it ended up being the best path for me. And yeah, that's just a lot about how I got to where I am right now, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's nothing that I knew. I we've talked a bunch of times, obviously, but Quite frankly, I don't remember a lot of our conversations for uh, various reasons. Um, man, what if you it's it's weird to think about if you had gone to the U of M, I wonder if we would have maybe crossed paths somehow still or what. But so hey, I'd like to think like, we'd be friends, bro. Oh, some some somehow. Right. So it sounds like you had quite the upbringing that, you know, taught you how to be resilient. And I think that, you know, as an looking out in into your life and i know a lot of the things that you do on campus are pretty impactful and you know you just have that drive to keep keep moving forward do you want to talk about how like everything you learned in high school and moving it was it sounds like it's kind of a forced learn but kind of mm -hmm. transferred you to uh make those like make harder decisions in college and you know just talk about your college experience a little bit. You maybe like start with freshman, sophomore year. This is all before I even met or knew you as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, just growing up, it forced like how I grew up, it forced me to grow up pretty quick, you know? So like for a lot of, a lot of people coming into college, it's where you finally, you're finally independent. You finally got to do whatever you want. Yeah. For me, for like, I'm not going to say that didn't happen for me. It did, but I was just so used to being independent and like having to rely on myself the like all the fun stuff that comes with independence was completely new for me but all the serious stuff like you know time management taking care of yourself taking care of your health things like that i had that i had that in the bag like i had worked on it obviously i you know you, there's hiccups every once in a while like it is a new environment but like that stuff i think i had a grasp of pretty well yeah. But then, like, the stuff where it's like, oh, you're completely free to do whatever you want now. Like, you know, no one's going to tell you what to do, when to do it. So, like, yeah, I know how to take care of myself, but why am I doing laundry at midnight, you know? Or, like, I get it's the weekend, but why am I staying out till, like, 3 a.m., you know, and only <laughs> getting four hours of sleep? And why am I not getting enough sleep before my classes? So, it's like, I definitely struggled with the independence piece when it was, like, recreation of fun, I guess. Yeah, like I was just, you know, doing the typical college thing, like have as much fun as you can, meet as many new people as you can. But like for me, I feel like I snapped into the mindset of like getting serious a lot sooner than most people do their first year. 
Yeah. What kind of, you know, cause I, I have a similar reaction for myself. I feel like I definitely fell into, especially freshman, sophomore year, definitely fell into that. Just, it, you know, work hard, play hard, but I was playing mm-hmm. a little harder than I was working. And then like just something clicked almost my junior year. And I just, I don't know if it was cause I, was, I started realizing, you know, that the real world's coming quick and I need to start taking things more seriously. What, you mentioned that that kind of clicked for you earlier. What, how did you know that you needed to start taking things a little more seriously and not always just playing in college? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was definitely like the people I surrounded myself with. Like I still talk to a bunch of those guys and girls like every, to this day, you know, like they weren't bad people by any means, but luckily enough, I was, I didn't get into, into that much trouble with like the yeah. school or like legally, but like, I was seeing these people get into trouble like a lot more often than I was. And I was like, yeah, you know, I can't be doing this that often. Like I personally, like I felt like I shouldn't have even been in college in the first place. So like, I got to take things more seriously. And yeah. like a lot of people, you know, talk to like my friends on the phone from high school and stuff and like cousins and stuff. They were like, Oh, you've changed a little bit. And like change isn't a bad thing. But, like the change they were talking about was a little bit of the negative stuff. They weren't realizing the positive changes I'd made in life. And I was like, I need people to see, see that. And like, yeah, I am changing, but look at the positives, not the negatives. So like those two things paired together, it was like, all right, I need to, you know, start taking things more seriously. Four years of college. Like we're here for a reason. We got to get a degree. All the other stuff is, it's not secondary per se, but it's like, they go hand in hand and sometimes you just got to prioritize the degree first. Yeah. So how would you go about having, I feel like, you know, telling your family members or whatnot, people that are saying, wow, you've changed and they might see only the negative things, you know, how do you go about having that type of difficult conversation kind of suggestions you have for that? I mean, change is just such a weird topic. It, like, I'm not going to lie, like, it's necessary and it's going to happen. Like, change will yeah. happen. But, like, it hurts. Change definitely hurts. Like, you're definitely, yeah. You're losing people that you thought you were going to have your whole life, things like that. But going about that conversation, I think it's – you have to tie in that independence piece. Like, it is my first time being independent. I am an adult. I'm going to grow how I need to grow. Like, for some people, they need to make a lot of mistakes right away. Some people are going to make those mistakes spread out through a period of time, you know, but just talking about change is difficult. And I think you have to relate it back to the person. Like you viewed me this way, you know, like for a long time, but look at what's happening now. And why, why do you view me a different way? Cause you're not completely there for everything that's happening. Yeah. No, I can't rely on you to know everything, be there for everything. And then just connect with them on an even more personal level. Like, I bet when you first moved out of the house, you change. Or, like, when you moved from to a different city, you changed a little bit, too. Like, you were never the same person everywhere you go, you know? So yeah. I think pe- people definitely got to see that they've changed within, the, within themselves, too, as they've grown up. And then yeah. I think once you make people realize that, they understand what you're going through a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that also, you know, if people are going to hold a grudge against you for changing, 
I mean, ideal if it's like changing for the worse, yeah, it's understandable. If you're changing for the better and people are going to hold a grudge at you for something like that, then honestly, screw them at that point. That's what I think. Uh, you you also mentioned priorities a couple <laughs> couple minutes ago. Do you want to talk to priorities just a little bit and how you know you prioritize things and go about your day? Yeah, I mean, most basic answer: what what's due next, like whatever's due next is what you're going to work on first you know but <laughs> always that, think dude i know exactly what you mean literally every every day i wake up and i think okay what's first on my list and then as soon as i start that first item what's next you're thinking about that which is also a bad thing sometimes but go ahead yeah exactly like that's the most that's the most basic way you can look at it but sometimes it's like you got to react to what else is happening like if i know i have a a busy day full of meetings a day before i have a huge assignment due i'm not gonna wait till that day of meetings to work on that assignment you know you gotta you gotta know your schedule you gotta know yourself you gotta build your schedule with what works for you like a lot of people talk about time management and they they adjust themselves to when everything else is set but you gotta adjust your schedule to what you can do best like personally Four straight hours of meetings, I will not be productive for the rest of the day, no matter how much time I have. Like, if those meetings are from 12 to 4, I will not do anything after 4. I will not do anything before 12. Like, you got to know yourself and how your work ethic is a huge thing, knowing your work ethic. So you build your schedule around it because, you know, like, classes, you, you probably can't change when those are scheduled. But the meetings you set up, like, with advisors and things like that, that's all up to you. So you adjust your schedule to yourself. Don't let the schedule adjust you. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any tips for building a productive schedule? I know, like you have to do it based on yourself. But do you think there's any that you can apply, like across the board? I think across the board, the biggest thing is don't overwork yourself. So, like. I know, I know this is a bad example because we're doing it super late at night, but like, <laughs> think, like things past 7 or 8 p.m. should be for leisure and relaxing. They should not be business related. I mean, if it's homework, you know, you got to do that. But like schedule meetings and things like that should not take place after 7. That's my personal thing. And then you got to have time in there to take care of yourself. Like normally for most people, that's the weekends. You don't do anything super important on the weekend so that's your time to take care of yourself but if you can build some of that time to take care of yourself and just relax throughout the week that's really crucial too because you can't just grind five straight days and then use the weekend to unwind you got to build some time into the week like i said this is a bad example because we're doing it (laughs) pretty late at night but i mean hey it's leisure though right i think i would say so (laughs) pat it's past 7 p.m it's a monday uh yeah i don't think this is like the the top of of everyone's mind but hey you know what next time we do this we'll uh we'll do get some like whiskey or something do it on a friday night see what the conversation's like instead uh so you're just like spitting out tons of stuff i want to spin off of and you just talked about you can't work five days straight and rely on that two days you know you have to build in time. And there's a couple different areas I want to spin off of on this. The first one, kind of what we we're just talking about, how 
why can't you work five days straight? I want to, like, I want to, you want to just talk about that? Like, what do you think will happen? So I think that's when you get into overworking. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're we're taught our whole lives. You got to grind through school, go to the college and then get a job. And then you got to work the rest of your life. That's what we're taught. But in reality, if you're looking at like our generation specific, and you're looking at our well-being, it is not meant for the five-day-a-week schedule. Like, yeah, like sure, we could do 40 hours a week. Like, yeah, we're going to – everyone's going to have to adjust to that. But we're not meant to do, like – I think our generation specific, we're not meant to be focused on work five days a week. Like, that's where I was talking about, that leisure time. Like, after you leave work, don't take it home with you. I think it, there's just been studies done saying we aren't as productive when we're working – that five five day a week work week. There's I, I can't quote any off the top of my head right now, but I've definitely seen some that are like it makes more sense to have a four day week and then a three day weekend. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those. So but the biggest thing what I was trying to get on at that is don't take work home. Like you work an eight to four, you work a nine to five. After that, take care of yourself. What do you I mean We'll talk about this. Do you have a, you have a poly side background? I don't know how this is really that applicable, I guess. But what do you imagine, like, as a, a perfect work week? You mentioned four days on, three days off. What would you, what do you think for our generation would be like really good? I think and you can, you know, you can talk about like time of day, even what time we should yeah. start in that, too. I think our generation like despises Mondays. Like, you could. <laughs> You could legit have a Monday off like Labor Day and you're still going to hate the fact that it's Monday. Yeah. So I think, I honestly, Dude, think for real. I honestly think if we had Saturday, Sunday, Monday off and the work week was Tuesday to Friday, it would be a lot more productive. Um, and nationwide, our health would be so much better. Not just mental health, but physical health and spiritual health, I think would be a lot better yeah. if we adjusted to a four four day work week, three day weekend i honestly i think the nine to five would work with that i mean personally i'm a fan of nine to five i'm not not messing with eight to four that much that's so a little too early for me but i think yeah i think our generation would succeed the best with that kind of schedule don't you think that if we just always said monday off tuesday would just become the monday then I mean, eventually, but it takes time to hate Tuesday. Like, we're not just going to automatically start hating Tuesday. That might come, like, five, ten years down the road where Tuesday's a new Monday. Yeah, and then we're proposing a three-day work week, and then, you know, the cycle just continues, and before you know it, we're just, we're just not working anymore. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't I, I, happen. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, because – and I I think this is transferable to, like – working working out like setting tasks deadlines whatever you say you're going to get done in a certain amount of time more than likely or not you're going to get done in that amount of time and so like you think about last week when we had monday off and Mm -hmm. at least with my my company to me it felt like i got the same amount done in those four days that i would in the normal five and it's like i could just granted i was working like you are definitely working harder because you're behind but it's Mm -hmm. like you get it all done so what if we just always had that Monday off, you know? But then yeah. you bring up the question of, well, shouldn't we utilize that fifth day to be more productive then? 
you know, so it's kind of an interesting situation, I guess. But I well, think in that, that scenario. Yeah, so in that scenario, I think you got to also look at it on the flip side. Like, you you got the same amount of work done in those four days at work, but you probably also got like if you had homework like me or like another student, you probably still got just as much homework you would get done in a two day weekend on a three day weekend. Like, I think it, it works both ways. Yeah, definitely. So the other thing that I thought about a while back, uh, was the idea of like living for the weekend. And I'm just kind of curious what your take is on that. And if you plan on being five years into a career and kind of, you know, just living for the weekend, what's your, what's your vision on that? I feel like I, I have no idea what I want to do after I graduate. So I guess it really depends on that, but a lot of people I've talked to who've graduated and are working full-time jobs now say they're doing that because I feel like a lot of people want to get into the corporate world for the money, but then their coworkers are so much older than them. It's like, you can't really relate to them. And like, if you want to get to know your coworkers better and stuff, there's really no sort of activity that you do together. So it's like, you know what? I need to get through the week and then I could do what I want during the weekend. I feel like yeah. that's just I feel like it really depends on the situation you put yourself in. Like if you if you work at a startup with a bunch of people your age with a similar like background, similar degrees and stuff, you're going to have a lot more fun during the week. Like you don't have to live for the weekend, but oh, definitely. you obviously do a lot more during the weekend still, but yeah, I think it really just depends on the situation you put yourself in. Yeah, I've seen I've been a part of companies and uh, I had an internship a while back and I remember we got to do like a group interview type thing with uh, one of the higher ups. And I remember she said something about how she has always separated her work from life. And I mean, we, you talked about separating work and life a little bit, but I know I personally, I don't really want that separation because in my opinion, I feel as though sure you might be working more and all the time but if you find the right company and you find the right mm -hmm. people like you mentioned at the startup it should just like mold together and in my opinion yeah. then you know you're doing like you're doing longer hours but it's fun and then you like you know you hit a happy hour afterwards type of thing and then you do the next thing it's just constantly you're always together it's like a friendship right mm -hmm. so but i'll keep your pulse if i if I ever get up in the startup world, then I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not now I'm enjoying and I'm, I'm enjoying life now and I'm not in the startup world either. So let's, uh, let's take a step back a little bit. We kind of fell off in a lot of tangents there. I want to hear about your poli sci background. What made you go into political science? And I see communications here as well. So do you want to talk about how you decided on that? Yeah. Major? So actually, I actually came into college as an English major because that, that was one of my strongest subjects in high school. So I was like, you know, if I try to go in as an English major, I'm going to have a stronger chance of getting in. So I came in as an English major, took gen ed to my first semester. That was like, you know, I was looking at what the English major entails of like, what am I going to have to do throughout these next couple of years? I was just seeing all these classes that sounded horrible like i did i cannot sit through them 
So I was like, all right, I definitely need to change my major. And during this time, it was, so my freshman year was when the Parkland shootings happened, right? And in Duluth, I went to a protest. And just going to that protest was super empowering for me because growing up, like these 18 years, growing up until that point, I feel like my voice, I felt like my voice had been completely silenced, like could not talk about what I wanted, like growing up in predominantly white communities, like it's going to happen. You know, your, your parents have that talk with you where it's like, you can't talk about all the things you want to. You can't always say your opinions because there's a risk of you getting hurt or someone taking it offensively in a really bad way. So I felt like just that piece, I always had my voice silenced and like, you know, grow. I'm, I'm an Indian in America. Like people don't understand the things I talk about, the things I want to talk about. So like just that, just that culture piece, I get silenced too. Like I can only talk about this with people at home. So I feel like just all that silenced voice I had paired with just going to that super moving protest my freshman year. I was like, yeah, I don't want to be silenced anymore. Like a political science degree sounds really good. And then I paired that with a international studies minor. But at that point, I was like, I might as well just add another major. And I really liked the core communication classes I'd taken. They were super interesting. I figured that political science and communication would pair really well together. Unfortunately, no classes ever overlapped. So had to put in a little more effort. But no, I really like the two majors I chose. Definitely proud. Sweet. I can we take another tangent here since you mentioned um, feeling like you've had your voice silenced. I, you know, my brothers and I are, are three white privileged males, and I, I mean, I've taken classes at the U. I was a part of the YMCA, and I went to like different like inclusivity things and specific like U of M courses on this subject of you know, inclusivity and the idea of just making sure or working harder to make sure that we don't silence voices, you know? And I know that clearly this is a huge issue right now and it always has been and it's really relevant right now. I, and you can use this as well to sidestep into like your student government uh, role, but can you just talk about that and what myself my brothers our generation any white male can do to we're not even not even male either i'm just saying that because we're both males obviously uh but can do to better this the world in this situation well i think like i was talking about like my parents always told me you never know what you're gonna say say like you never know the things you you're gonna say could maybe lead you into a dangerous situation so it's a fact that not having that security of safety when we do want to speak out, when people do want to speak out, you're just never sure if it's going to be safe. Like, is someone going to take this the wrong way, hold a grudge against me, or like maybe do something even worse? You know, I think you gotta, you gotta be able to create that safe environment. Like you gotta let people know they can talk about whatever they want to talk about and need to talk about. Like creating just a safe, comfortable environment is huge but then also using your privilege, like when you see something happening. So like a great example, when, when the black lives matter protests were picking up a lot of heat this summer, 
in New York City, there was a video of this black teenager who jumped a fence, put his arms up, and all the cops that were there just started rushing at him. And then really quick after, you see she looked like she was 12, 13 years old. She jumped the fence and stood right in front of him. Like, think, like that's an extreme situation when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, even when it's just, like, passing by on the street or something and you overhear something just stepping in, like, you cannot be afraid. More often than not, people aren't going to be – people are going to be more appreciative that you stepped in and were, you know, intervening instead of just letting it go on, whatever's happening. Like, I – that video, personally, I think about that a lot, even though that is an extreme situation where you could use your white privilege, but it's just creating creating sense of safety and, and community, and then also just, like, being able to intervene in danger, potentially dangerous situations. Yeah, so I, what about for someone like me and this I'm sure there's a listener out there that can relate to this, but I'm a very, I want to say extroverted introvert. That's how I like to describe myself. And especially now, like I don't really go to parties as much and I love being at my house and like being alone and being with like just close friends, you know, things like that. I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm out in the open very often. And I just like to almost like I'm scared, you know, to speak up. Not that I've really, you know, been in any extreme situations like that, but I have that like scaredness to me uh-huh. where I'm, I don't want to say something wrong. What do you, what would you recommend for someone like directly like me? Just like give, if you gave me a recommendation. Yeah, I would say, so if we were like ever in a small gathering together and something came up, I'd just say, educate yourself, you know, like it's simple yeah. as that. Like I could educate you on some things as a friend, but like, we have we have the whole internet you know like it's 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 small simple steps like that you educate yourself and if you ever do have to intervene in a situation you know what to do yeah and more often than not if you ask someone you know that you don't really know what's going on and you want to be educated more often than not they'll be happy to hear that you're taking steps to use your privilege to educate yourself like it's okay. it's better to ask to be educated instead of just waiting and then just letting go, you know, letting the moment go by. Okay. So and it, I get it is hard when it's like a stranger, but like, like I said, more often than not, like it's really encouraging to see people using their white privilege to educate themselves and help others. Yeah. And just about being proactive about it instead of reactive, which yeah. makes sense. Cause I feel like that's like the case with everything. Uh, I did see a video once too along those lines of it's not as extreme, but it was um, an older an older black male and a younger I think, I don't know 15 year old uh, white female and like they were walking at Target and I don't know if this was a video or what, but like the alarms went off and they only stopped the older the older male and the girl like was like why aren't you stopping me and she kind of made a scene about that and uh i thought that was super cool and like that's a 
it's still extreme, but it's less extreme, you know? Okay. And I think that, and that, that was like a direct result of everything that had happened. Like that was a recent thing. And so I think it's cool to see things like that, that are starting to happen more. So one of the other big topics I want to talk about is your student gov involvement. And yeah. I think it's pretty sweet that I'm talking to a student body president of a giant college so you know props to you props to you for making some time to fit me into uh i i know this story kind of you did tell me it a little bit but i want to know can you can you say it again for the listeners of how you got involved with student government and just talk about your what your role is as president now and how all of it's going this year with covid and everything going on you know yeah yeah so Freshman year came around, and I it probably happens on most campuses, but our campus definitely. Your the student government sends an email about getting involved as a freshman. All these freshman positions they have, and I got the email. And I was just kind of browsing through it, and I saw the term freshman president, and I was like, you know what? Like back in high school, my, towards the end of my senior year a lot of people started calling me Prez as like a nickname and a joke. I was like, well, where are the odds I live up to the nickname? You know, like I had no, I had no idea what the student government was. I had no idea who these people were that were emailing me. I had no idea what student government does. I was just like, oh, I gotta live, I gotta live up to the nickname, you know? So I throw my, I throw my name and application in there, campaign a little bit. Then like two weeks later after the voting, I get an email and they're like, you won your election. There's a retreat slash orientation event this Friday. Dress business, professional or casual. I was like, yo, I did not bring any sort of clothes <laughs> like that up to Duluth. Like, I didn't expect it. So, you know, I show up to the retreat event. I'm the only one dressed in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, right off the bat, I'm leaving a horrible impression on everyone else. It's like, it was just like, wow, like, like <laughs> these people are serious, you know? So I end up going home that weekend to pick up clothes. And then we have our first, like, Congress meeting on Monday. I'm dressed properly this time. But now we're actually talking about issues going on in, at the school and, like, what's happening, like, policies and stuff that we need to work on. And I kid you not, I'm, like, falling asleep. Because I had no idea what I was, I, I had no idea what I was signing up for, you know. But eventually, I someone took me under their wing. Really appreciative for that, and kind of just found my footing. And my sophomore year, I ran for the vice president student life position. Ended up winning that election. And then junior year, I ran for student body president, and senior year did the same thing so going into my second term as student body president at umd but yeah it was a rough start <laughs> no i love it it's it's i mean it's very authentic you know it's not the typical you know actually to be honest i don't know a lot about politics let alone like student government politics but so i don't know if this is true but i feel like a lot of times people go in and they are the people that are like you know dressed and prepared and know what they're signing up for but you just took that leap and you just took a risk and now you like obviously it worked out and you adapted quickly uh so 
and you were and you were the president as a junior too, which is crazy to me. I remember watching your speech. I don't remember how it came up <laughs> on like Instagram or LinkedIn or what of you giving like a student body speech, and I just thought, wow, this guy's talented. <laughs> like, like literally, I was like, I need to connect with him on LinkedIn right now. I need to keep him around, <laughs> become friends with this guy. Uh, so how how is what are you three weeks into the semester now? Four? Uh start of the third week, yeah. Okay. How's everything going with you know social distancing and sanitizing and coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, so freshmen just moved in at the end of last week. So we finally have like students living on campus. And we had that two week delay where everything was online. So today was actually the first day where in some in person classes started taking place. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of just going to be wait and see at this point. Like, well, I mean, the university, the Maroon and Gold Sunrise plan, it looks like just the way it's laid out, it looks like it should work. And if we everyone's just following the rules, we will be safe. But, you yeah. know, with, with the situation we're in, it takes one or two people. And, yeah. you know, that could change everything. So I don't know. I, I've talked about this a little bit with like my admin and just some other student gov folks, but it's really, everyone has to take a lot of self-responsibility this year. Like, you know, as a college student, as, as a bulldog, like we got to look out for one another. It's not just about you as an individual this year, your actions this year carry so much weight. It could hurt so many people. So I think this year we got to, you know, we can't do that typical college student thing. You know, you can't go party all the time. You you just gotta you gotta be a lot safer this year. And it's it's not just self responsibility on students, it's faculty, staff, admin, like everyone has to be a lot more responsible this year. Yeah. But what about you know, seniors, it's their last year or freshmen, it's their first you only get one freshman year, you only get one senior year. What are you telling or what, what advice do you have for people to just kind of come to the, you know, have, just have to accept the fact that this might just be a way different once in a lifetime senior year type of thing, you know? How do you how do you tell people that and how do you make sure they're actually following through on it? I mean, the safer we are now, the more likely we are to return to anything that's kind of normal. Like, yeah. if we could do as much as we can this semester and hopefully – the start of next semester we return to normal like even even if we're lucky enough to just have a half semester of kind of a normal year that would be really lucky with just the state of the world right now so it's not looking too hot you know but like if people do start being more responsible and things like that like maybe we can return to somewhat somewhat of a normal year and yeah it is hard with seniors like it is our last year but you know, like I was saying earlier, it's not about you. It's about those freshmen who aren't having a normal year, those sophomores, those juniors. It's about our families back home. Like, there's a lot riding on people. It's not just about you in the moment. Because if I if I go out, con- contract the virus, and I'm planning on going home the next weekend, I expose my entire family. I'm also going to expose my roommates. I could expose their entire family. So I think when you just look at it like that, it it's a lot easier to be safe and responsible. But 
like you were talking about, there is really no way of me making sure people aren't doing anything stupid. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a huge trust factor. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, I, I feel like I've asked a lot of pretty, pretty good, serious questions. And, uh, I, I think that there's a lot we could just talk about literally for like hours, but I want to like, I want to ask a couple of goofy questions now. And the first one is I want you to tell me how well, I heard I, someone did this on a podcast. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So do you remember the first time we met and I want you to tell our like the list people listening right now, how we met. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not good at cap. I, I don't think I remember the exact time, but I'm proud. I, I was really hoping you would remember because I didn't remember, so I didn't want to be put in that situation. All right, hold up, hold up. Let me just let me just make up a story real quick of what I think happened. I'm pretty sure, a hundred percent sure it was Abby's house, right? And you guys were the you guys were up for the weekend, and they invited people over. I remember. I think I vaguely remember. Just like thinking you and your friends were really wild, mostly because we mostly because we weren't at your level yet. And then we got to your level. I remember it's just, just that it's just that U of M lifestyle, bro. You guys want to the, the big city, big city folk to come up. So you guys all have a good time. No, I'm just kidding. no, but I think eventually, you know, caught up and then ended up just talking a bunch to all you guys but not remembering it the day after. And then the next time we like met another weekend, you guys came up, but that's when I like actually remember meeting you guys. That was just a casual hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, the only, like one of the earliest, earlier memories I have was when I came over to your house and like tried to move your stove, but that was, was yeah. It's, so we don't we don't need to embarrass myself on this though we don't need to do that so we're gonna go into some last rapid fire questions here bro okay i don't know if you've listened much of the podcast but we at the end we always do rapid fire questions and i think it's important for our listeners to know i'm gonna tell them now i didn't write a single question down i told you this too what we just did right here was completely just spitballed i didn't i like I mean, Neil, you can't say anything. I don't, I don't have paper in front of me. Nothing. Um, so, and he didn't, he wasn't, I hit Neil up today and said, yo, it's time. You tell me you would be on my podcast. Let's do it. And he responded. He's like, bet, let's do it in two hours. And I was like, wait, hold on. No, we can't do that. Let's do it tonight. Give me some time to prepare. But I didn't get enough time to prepare. Apparently, I'm not, I'm not good enough. But. So maybe one of these days I'll, you know, try to get some even more deep questions. But I think I think it went pretty well still. So, uh, all right. The rapid fire questions, though, I did look up. I didn't want to mess these up. Okay, so I'm ready. I'll try to fit some in as well that I remember. But I'll do like, I don't know, anywhere between five and ten, which whenever I feel like stopping. All right. You ready? Yes, sir. What is your favorite thing in your closet right now? Oh, 100% my Luka Doncic jersey. Describe yourself as a teenager in three words. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid, lazy, but motivated. 
Interesting. What is your biggest pet peeve? Bro, I actually, I know this is rapid fire, but I got a story about this. Eighth grade, <laughs> eighth grade, they asked us to write a poem about our pet peeves, right? In English class. And I just, I got to find it. I'll send it to you if I could find it. But I wrote this poem about how I hate when people use Lysol wipes instead of Clorox wipes. Don't know why, but it was always just a thing that I hated. What? Okay, yeah. Send me that poem. I'll throw it up on our Instagram as well. What's your favorite social media outlook outlet? Social media, Twitter for sure. Do you have any pets? Have three turtles and three no four birds back at home. Wow. What is the color of your toothbrush? Purple. If you could give yourself advice from five years ago, go back in time five years, give yourself advice, what would it be? Be open to meeting a lot of new people. Perfect. All right, man. That was probably one of the most fun interviews I've done. <laughs> you know, considering it's 9 p.m., I'm pretty hyped about it. So, uh, you know, we always have people share any, like, last thoughts they may have, you know, if they want to reflect on what we just talked about, if they want to share any social media handles so that people can follow you now before you blow up because it's going to happen, bro. You're going to be president one day. I know it. So, I don't know about I don't, all that. <laughs> do you have any last minute any thoughts you have any questions you want to ask me or social media handles you want to share let me let me drop my social media handles real quick all right instagram is at neil n-e-a-l 1254 and then my venmo is <laughs> at neil so n-e-a-l is how you spell neil dash bakta b-h-a-k-t-a uh I'll accept payments from one cent to a hundred dollars. Anything more than a hundred, I'll probably send back. Um, I'm not too greedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just messing around. But I mean, if someone does Venmo me, I won't mind. That's a <laughs> no, but uh, closing. If thought. you like the show, Venmo Venmo Neil. <laughs> yes, perfect. But uh, no, I just want to say thank you for having me on, and it's been awesome. Just. It was such a natural conversation. Like, this is probably the, the most fun I've had since we'll started. So, yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Dude, definitely. We'll have to get you on again for sure then. I'll, yeah, hopefully the next time we, do, we can do in person because I think it'd be pretty fun if we if we don't in person and actually got some, like, whiskey or something. I think that'd be a really yeah, interesting For sure. Part. I'll hit you up when I'm in the cities next. All right, man. Thanks a bunch.